What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Progressive Gentleman Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Matt. And we'd like to thank you for taking the time to nerd out about music with us. Um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, whatever you're listening to us on, go ahead, click that like, follow, subscribe button. We really appreciate it. Uh, also, we want to let you know this episode's brought to you by Eargasm Earplugs. Uh, go to Eargasm.com, use code GENTLEMAN10 for a discount, and uh, protect your hearing this year. I feel like it's a good year to start if you haven't started already. Um, we got a new one for you today. Uh, a decade of jams is what we're calling this. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to look at every year starting from 2010 to 2019. So the 2010s. As it was, you know, that's what we call that. Um, <laughs> Good year for decade, not year. Good decade, decade yes. For music. Um, and uh, we're basically going to look at each year and try to come up with a record that kind of was the biggest standout record for us in that given year. Um, it was hard. We uh, we started sort of looking through and pulling a couple out. There were a couple years where, I mean, I don't even know. I'm not even super comfortable with the record we chose. <laughs> yeah, um, we just had we had to choose one, and uh, it was tough. Yeah, this so this was real. This was a challenge. Um, if this one goes well, even if it doesn't go well, I feel like honestly, the albums that we chose through this decade are going to be kind of ob- obvious ish for uh, for us if you've listened to the podcast. Um, a lot of the bands we're going to talk about, a lot of the records we're going to talk about, we've mentioned or talked about, I mean, it's, these are, these are huge records. Um, so I think honestly, once we get through this decade, we're going to go do the two thousands. Um, and I think that's going to be a ridiculous challenge. Um, (laughs) and I think maybe we'll have some that, that aren't as, um, maybe, you know, maybe once we talk about as much as since it's not as recent, um, but none of these, none of these years, you know, 2019, we weren't doing this podcast. So none of these records were like released while we were, you know, after we started the podcast. So it's still kind of a, like a flashback a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, we've not done album reviews on any of these records or anything like that, but we may have done some artist spotlights for some of these bands or plan to in the future. Um, but yeah, I think this was a fun challenge and we might as well, uh, start rolling with it with uh, 2010. Um, for me, there were kind of two records that really stood out in 2010, one being the obvious choice and the other kind of, (laughs) I did try to pitch a little bit for this other one, but, uh, ultimately we, we landed on exoplanet, uh, the contortionist that that record's just too monstrous to not, to not have win out here. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh. It was the uh, I don't, so didn't in, catch if you meant to. Oh yeah, so it, in but. in dreams from after the burial, which is my favorite after the burial record. Um, yeah, that, was that's sort my of view. yeah, that's sort of the honorable mention here. Um, Pendulum, such a great song. I mean, there's there's a lot of good tracks on that record. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was tough to not put Exoplanet here. Um, Flourish, Oscillator. I mean, there's just. It's it's tough. It's tough. Primal directive. <laughs> Primal yeah, directive. It's, it's just like that song is just such a hell of a way to start an album. So oh, yeah, and like, uh, and then it just doesn't stop the whole way through. It really doesn't. And you know, we just recently saw them play this in its entirety, which was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, and so that was still kind of that performance was fresh in our head, and it, it was a no brainer kind of. Yeah. Um, and the contortionist is just such a huge band for us. Obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast, you probably know that. <laughs> yeah, um, they're right up there in number of mentions, probably like right behind Coheed. Yeah, and maybe BT Bam. And, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, Exoplanet for 2010, I think, was the obvious choice for us. Um, and you know, if you're listening to this episode and we completely spaced on a on a record that maybe you think should be higher than Exoplanet, uh, we always post the thumbnail on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, slap a comment under there and tell us where we screwed up um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because we had to like go back and kind of research what albums came out because we weren't doing our like album of the year list at that point so right. we are kind of just like kind of quickly skimmed through and found like an album that's like oh it's definitely this one yeah but, and, you know and, there might be some we missed and even from like a personal standpoint i didn't really start like doing an album of the year list until like 2016, 2017. So I have, I had some, you know, material, so to speak, 
uh, for the later years in this decade, but the earlier ones, we definitely had to really go back and sort of figure out, uh, you know, look at some of our favorite bands, look at, you know, some lists that were out there just to see, okay, where, you know, what all was out in this year and what kind of was the standout. But anyways, 2010, uh, the contortionist exoplanet. I think that was kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Um, it was nice to start with, uh, an easier one. <laughs> yeah. So the next year, 2011, this one was hard, but it wasn't hard because there were so many great records. It was hard because <laughs> there really, yeah, there really weren't any, I mean, there was one, we did find one that I think is, I mean, it makes sense for this list. It's a great record, but, uh, but there was nothing to really challenge it. The only thing that kind of challenged it was like Opeth's heritage record. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's a decent Opeth record. It's not Blackwater Park. It's so, I mean, it's not anything that was a major standout for me from Opeth, but it was yeah. worth mentioning. I think that one was also where the, the Hunter by Mastodon. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. The, that album is probably one of my least favorite of Mastodon's albums. I mean, I still like... I still love all of Mastodon's music, but that one's probably like on the lower tier. So yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately uh, what we came up with here was the human abstracts, digital veil record. Um, I, for me, this is my second favorite human abstract record. Um, I think Nocturne is better, but for a lot of people, they disagree with me. This, this is kind of like um, the pinnacle of the human abstract uh travis richter ended up doing vocals on this and this this is the record that brought all the original members minus the singer back to the band um if you don't know who travis richter is he's the he was the lead vocalist that took over for sonny moore in uh from first to last oh okay i was gonna say i didn't i didn't yeah and he also played guitar for from first to last but he did the vocals on digital veil um, but bringing AJ Manette back for this record was huge because AJ was the original guitarist. Um, he did a lot of the technical stuff that you hear on Nocturne. Um, so him coming back for this record was huge, uh, cause he was not on Midhaven and that album is arguably, I mean, a lot of people don't even know that that album exists. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so it was huge to hear, to have him come back. It's very much a modern progressive metal record. Um, and you know, with it coming out in 2011, I I still think that record holds water and still could be arguably considered before it's time. Nocturne a hundred percent was, but absolutely, um, but yeah, digital veil, great record. Um, if you've not listened to it yet, we did do a human abstract spotlight, uh, like artist spotlight episode, um, yeah. We talk a little bit more in detail. I forget the number of the episode, but yeah, I don't remember either. But it's, it'll be easy to spot if you go check our uh, discography of episodes. But um, but yeah, Digital Veil, Human Abstract, still before its time, fantastic record, and definitely worthy um, of being considered sort of the the spotlight album of 2011. Um, now the hardest year for me. <laughs> um, this was a tough one, yeah, 2012, and. I mean, there's there's more than just these three that I'm going to mention that came out. But like these three were what made it difficult. Um, kind of like in third place, I guess, you know, the getting the bronze medal for 2012. <laughs> um, Le Fon Sauvage, my favorite Gojira record, came out in 2012. Um, amazing record. Yeah, but, it's solid. But it's still so good and always oh, yeah. in my, my rotation. But does not hold a candle, in my opinion, to these two records. Uh, uh, Periphery 2 or P2 as it's so lovingly referred to um, by Periphery. Uh, in my opinion, that's Periphery's best record. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um, I mean, P5 is pretty good and, and P4 as well. I enjoy them, but I think P2 still like got that something special to it. Yeah, but, you know, despite saying that, uh, Parallax 2 from BT Bam came out in 2012. So uh, just kind of by default, Parallax 2 wins, in my opinion. And I think you might agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, although you are a huge Periphery fan, we're both diehard between the Buried Me fans. And yeah, that, um, that was a real tough decision to make. But yeah, it's uh, as much as I love Periphery, I don't between the Buried Me has just got that that special place in my heart. You know, they're like the ones that got me into like the, the progressive metal scene. Really? So, uh, you know, I, I have to give it up to them. And Parallax right. 2 is just a fantastic album, so. 
Yeah, and and honestly, I mean, there are people who will argue that that's between the Bear to Me's best record. I still put Colors and probably the Great Misdirect ahead of Parallax Two, but honestly, any given day it, it flips. So <laughs> yeah, um, and just such a quality record. Uh, it, so yeah, I mean, it was it was tough, especially you know with P Two being my favorite Periphery record, but Parallax Two has to win out for me. So. 2012 Parallax 2 Between the Bear to Me. That's that's the one we went with. Um, 2013, in my opinion, was the easiest choice. Yeah, this um, one was pretty easy too. Whenever you were like rattling <laughs> off the names, I was just like, oh. Yeah. I put down one honorable mention just because uh, Coheed's Afterman Dissension record came out in uh, 2013. And, Solid album. and for me, that was sort of uh, Coheed's return to form, the Afterman records and, you know, both of them together. But in, you know, in particular, Dissension for me um, was kind of what got me back into Coheed after a lull with Year of the Black Rainbow wasn't that great. And uh, for me personally, I know some people will argue with that, but it is, I think, inarguable that that's kind of their like worst record um yeah <laughs> but um for me the afterman records were a return to form that's when josh Eppard rejoined the band which was huge i mean he's not as technical a drummer as chris penny but for coheed like having a pocket style drummer like josh Eppard, i think just fits their sound a lot better um so i i was happy to see him rejoin the band at that time and just everything about that record um or those those two records, that double album even, uh, was was really refreshing, like a a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, like of, they're back. Exactly. Um, but that being said, Altered State by Tesseract came out in 2013, and that's arguably my favorite progressive metal record of all time. Um, so it doesn't matter what else was released that year for me personally. <laughs> uh, Altered State is the record for 2013. Um. It's it does not have Daniel Tompkins on on vocals. That's that's Ash, um, one of their I forget his last name, but he and he went on to do vo uh, voices from the fuselage, which is another good band if you've not listened to them before. Um, but just something about the way this record flows, uh, one song into the next, and it's kind of split into like chapters even, but everything flows together as one piece of just fantastic music. Uh, yeah, it's got that that ambient like like outer spacey feel to it throughout but um it's like real heavy and chuggy yeah, at points but yep. then like the vocals are you know it's like clean vocals and yeah just everything about that record is beautiful i i have so this is like a freaking side story but that's what we're um, about here <laughs> <laughs> so i have a like gift card to do this like float thing i don't know if you've heard of this if anybody's float. heard of this so basically it's like this weird like almost like sensory deprivation tank type thing oh, okay I know where it's like about. there's some kind of real salty water or some shit yeah. that like lets you like float on top of this water and then they like you know they put you in this little tank thing and it can be completely dark or you can put like i don't know you can do whatever the fuck you want you can play music through it. anyways <laughs> so my whole like thoughts are like i want to do i want to do this thing all the lights off and just listen to altered state. So like, that's my, while I'm trying to like alter my state of mind, whatever the hell, like that was my whole thing. So I'm totally going to do this. And then we're going to do a podcast episode where I tell, talk about my experience, but, um, it'll probably either be really cool or really horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will tell all, but that could, that could just be part of a general transmission. That doesn't need to be its own thing. <laughs> but, um, anyways, this record is amazing. It was like, I'm not going to say it was a life changing record for me, but it's one that I can go back and listen to from start to finish, like and any given time and be happy with my choice. Like desert yeah. Island records. If I can only take one, this is probably the one I'm bringing with me. So it's like, yeah, it's that big for me personally. So yeah. 2013, it made most sense. I know you're a big fan of this record as well. Maybe not as much as me, but maybe, I don't know. I th so <laughs> I, I think probably because for me, like, I discovered them much later. So like I didn't discover it like, as it was released, but so I don't have kind of like the nostalgia factor added into it, but I feel like for the fact that I've only discovered them in like the last handful of years, I'm like 
catching up. <laughs> but yeah, sure. uh, they're definitely up there on my my list for bands to that I can just constantly have on rotation. Like I can put them on a playlist and not be like, oh, I don't feel like listening to Tesseract today. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, so that was an easy one. Um, moving on to 2014, another semi-difficult one. Um, the choice was kind of obvious once we laid <laughs> it out, but, uh, there were a couple of challengers. Uh, Joy of Motion came out in 2014. That's Animals as Leaders. Uh, arguably their best record. It depends on who you talk to, I guess. But for me, I'm kind of like partial to their self-titled just because that's what got me into Animals as Leaders and honestly what got me into instrumental progressive metal um but joy of motion is a fantastic record um but that didn't that didn't win out uh the amanuensis i'd always pronounce that wrong i'm never gonna get it right uh by monuments (laughs) arguably their best record but might honestly be their second best because the new record's really good yeah the new Um, (laughs) i'm just gonna say i was like i don't know i'm i think i might yeah i disagree with you on that one so so ultimately what won out, and this is a repeat band for this list, um, Language by the Contortionist won out. <laughs> um, we didn't necessarily want to do repeat bands here, but then at the same time, the whole goal was to say what was our favorite album in that year, and this was our favorite album in that year. Yeah, and I mean, I think people that have listened to the podcast know enough about us to know that Language is up there and it was on our like top 10 album lists whenever we made them. So, you know, I think it's probably not too surprising to hear that we picked language. Right. And this was sort of the shift in sound or the beginning of the shift in sound, uh, from like from the contortionist going from progressive metal to more of like a bigger blend of progressive rock. Um, so this is sort of, yeah, the beginning of the transition uh, for them to progressive rock and you still get some of the heavier stuff that you have come to know from uh, Exoplanet and Intrinsic, but um, this is, yeah, this is the beginning to their new direction and it flows really well. There's some really cool moments on this record. I mean, the the self, you know, the title tracks are really good. Thrive is a crazy song. Evan Flow is amazing. Um Terrible. Yeah. I mean, everything on this record is is really good. Um, and there's kind of something for everyone in a way. This is still sort of heavier-ish to where, you know, if you if you have a significant other who may not like heavy music, uh this might not grip them completely. Uh, but I would argue that like the reimagined tracks would. Oh yeah, absolutely. The reimagined tracks, they sound so good too. I was, I think actually that was one of the ways that uh, I think I was playing that and, and Colleen heard it and she was like, Ooh, I like this. And then, then eased her into the, uh, you know, the other, the, the heavier, yeah, the, the heavier yeah. Uh, and first I, version. I know, uh, I don't know which record was Steph's like introduction to the contortionist, but now the contortionist is one of her favorite bands and she likes exoplanet. In fact, like when they did the, uh, the, like, what was it? Like the pan during the pandemic, when they did like the live stream, of yeah. I think they played exoplanet in, in its entirety. Yeah, they did. Um, that was, that was a cool show. And it was, uh, it was Steph that was pushing for us to, to buy that versus like me being like, like, I didn't have to go to her and be like, hey, let's do this. She was like, hey, this is happening and we should do this. So um, so she's a big Exoplanet fan as well. But I think Language is maybe her favorite record. Uh, so it is, I guess, accessible, maybe more so than I thought. But um, front to back, amazing record. Uh, progressive rock and progressive metal fans alike would probably enjoy this record um if you've not checked it out definitely do so i would be shocked uh if you're listening to us and haven't listened to language but yeah we talk about it enough right so just throwing it out there but moving on to 2015 a record that we've talked about a couple times um and it's just because i really do hold this record in very high regard um but let's talk about some of the ones that didn't make the cut because this was another pretty challenging year Um, yeah so Act 4 from the Deer Hunter came out that year. Great, great record. 
Um, the Congregation from Leprous came out. Uh, the Price, amazing song. I mean, there are other good songs on there too, but great Yeah, The record. Price is definitely a, a call-out song. And then uh, Coma Ecliptic from BT Bam. Uh, kind of a polarizing between the Buried to Me record, I feel like. I, I really like this I album. know you're a big fan. <laughs> I know like you would even probably put it higher than, than most. Um, yeah, probably. I, I enjoy the... Because they were kind of... They kind of did the 80 sound before it became like, you know, in the last couple of years, it's been like the very trendy thing. Yeah. And they did this, you know, in 2015. So well before that started happening and um, just like dim ignition into famine wolf. With yeah. That cool. Like synth. Yep. Repeat yeah. loop thing. I, I really enjoy this record as well. I probably like it. Um more than most is not more than you. I think you hold it higher than me, but I, I do really enjoy it. I never thought that it was like super, like I, I never fell into the, uh, you know, like all the people that were shitting all over it, basically. Like I never really like, I made my own opinion. I liked the music and I yeah, didn't I, like, I honestly didn't even know that people didn't like it. I mean, I could understand that they don't like it as much as like colors or a great misdirect or something. Cause those ones just seem like, pretty much across the board loved by fans of, of the band. So like, I get that, but I didn't realize people didn't just like straight up. Didn't like coma ecliptic. Yeah. I feel like it gets a lot of hate on some of the message boards, some of the fan pages and stuff like that, or at least it did for a while. I know some people have come back afterwards and been like, Oh, it kind of grew on me. But especially yeah. when it first dropped, there was a lot of, there was a lot of hate for it, but wow. Um, I'm glad I'm not on those <laughs> message boards. <laughs> But none of those records made uh, made it to our number one record for 2015 uh, because Quiet World by Native Construct came out in 2015. And for me, this is just such a standout record in the genre period. Um, and the fact that Native Construct then just never made another record, like it was just, here's the one <laughs> record that we made, see you later. Um, here's our gift to the world. Right, and so it, it kind of maybe makes it stand out a little further just because this is, you know, the only piece of music we're probably ever going to get um, from Native Construct. Uh, I've likened it to like almost like a Phantom of the Opera prog metal record. Like it's very much sort of, in a musical vein in a way, like it makes you feel like you're watching a stage play, but yeah, it's with it, metal. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know. I get like from between the buried and me, which I, you know, liken them to, it's like a better version of automata one and two. Yeah. I, like there's that like rock opera kind of right. Sound. It, that's exactly what it feels like. It's but like it's a rock like, opera. Yeah. But I think they actually like, they did that sound better, which like, I know that might be polarizing because a lot of people seem to like Automata, but one it's okay. Two, but yeah, it's kind of, it kind of falls in the, the lower echelon for me from yeah. BT Bam stuff. It's, it's, it's good. I think it's better than some, you know, some of their earlier, like, I think it's better than the self-titled record. Um, I think it's maybe better than Silent Circus. Ooh. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know about that. <sighs> Automata 2, um, yeah. like the sound that like sort of takes over, like where it sounds like like a circus train wreck or some shit. Like, I don't even know <laughs> how to describe it, but like, I don't know. I, I kind of clicked with, with some of the stuff on Automata 2. But, and Millions is kind of a good song, like an interesting sort of change of pace song. Um, I don't know. I'd have to really think about it. I think we did a we did a artist spotlight for these guys. Yeah. Um. I probably I probably put more uh more thoughts about it in that episode. So you, if you guys yeah. want to go, kind of scroll and find that. Um. Fun fact: that was the first episode where we actually had to re-record it. Do you remember that? Fun. <laughs> um. Yeah. We recorded the entire episode. And then realized that we like screwed up. Yeah, the girl, I, I <laughs> fucked up. And, I don't know. I must like double tap the record button and like stopped it. And I had a dock over top of the garage band. <laughs> so note to self, need two monitors. Yeah, that was that was actually hilarious. Uh, I, was, what, I, was so, I was so mad at myself. I felt so bad. What sucked about that too was like our first take was like real energetic and real good. And then our second take was just like defeated. Like we yeah. just sounded so defeated. On that. It wasn't so, that we weren't, didn't have energy. It's just we were both like oh, sad and upset that we like had to re-record 
we were, <laughs> we were trying to remember some of our like hot takes and stuff like that to just like put them back in, but it just like didn't have the same like umph the second time around. <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was. Rough. So if you do go back and check out that episode, uh, just to hear more about, you know, what we felt about automata or any of these records, um, just, you know, keep that in mind. It was, it was a second <laughs> take and it was, uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't by design to do two takes. So <laughs> yeah. We were a little defeated that day, but yeah. uh, whatever. Um, but that's not about, this isn't about BT Bam. This is about Native Construct, Quiet World. Um, it sucks that they kind of disbanded. But Pohawk, who was their guitarist, um, has a solo project. And he actually released a song with the vocalist of Native Construct. Um, we put it in Hidden or not hidden gems. We put it, it, we put it in jams of the week, one of the weeks. Yeah, uh, I don't remember, good. but, um, and I don't remember the name of the song off the top of my head either, but it very much sounded like native construct. And actually, uh, I saw on a post from either Poe or, or the vocalist whose name I don't remember, um, that the song was actually originally written for, uh, quiet like quiet world Two, like the the album that they were writing before they disbanded Ooh. so there was going to be a second album from native construct um life happened whatever led to them disbanding uh so this is like sort of the closest slash maybe the final taste that we'll ever get of native construct or what could have been if they would have stayed together so i definitely recommend checking that out um but yeah, Quiet World, amazing record, 2015, pretty good year for music, but that's the standout. Yeah. Um, moving on to 2016, another pretty solid year. We had we had three standouts, one that won out, but uh, Everything Was Sound by Silent Planet came out that year. That was a really good record. That's a, yeah, that's Panic Room is just such a good song. Um, and Everything Garrett Writes is just like like poetry. Um, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a very good record. I love his, his vocal delivery. Like it just, it is very like, it has like a very poetic flow to it. It's like kind of all, it's like spoken word, but angry, right? Angry <laughs> spoken word. And like, that's something too, that, uh, like my wife, Steph, she's not a big, like overly heavy music fan, but, uh, what she likes about Silent Planet is the fact that even even though he's doing harsh vocals, the way he emphasizes and the way he flows and stuff, you can like recognize what he's saying a lot easier. Um, Steph's the type of person that connects with a with a lyric more than the music. Where yeah. for me personally, I'm more listening to the instrumentation than the lyricism. Um, but uh, so that's kind of important to her. And if it's important to you, if you've not listened to Silent Planet, I feel like they're a good band. Uh, on the heavier side to where you can still sort of grasp what's going on lyrically. Yeah. Um, so that kind of sort of backs up your like, you know, you like his delivery. I feel like it sort of lends to people who are more into lyricism when it comes to music. And yeah, I think, um, just it's, it's so unique. Like there, I can't yeah, think of any sure. other band that has like, the those types of vocals like yeah not really i mean i've maybe come across one or two here and there nothing i can like spit out off the top of my head but um but yeah overall i feel like they're definitely very unique in the metalcore scene um but everything was sound did not make it here um neither did affinity from haken which might be my favorite haken record um it's probably my favorite haken record too but uh act five by the deer hunter is what made it. Um, I wanted to make sure we had a deer hunter song or not song record in here. Um, but it was tough because the only records released in this time frame were act four and five, which are two of their best records, but, uh, they were going up against some heavy hitters. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it was I, tough. I felt pretty good. And I think you did as well. Putting act five here. Um, it's the last of the acts, you know, obviously if you're a deer hunter fan, you know that, you know, they were planning on there being a sixth. And even if, if you did get the box set, um, the hanged man was going to be the name and they actually give you a sleeve and they're like, if we ever do, you know, we'll send <laughs> you the vinyl. Uh, but so act five may be the last, you know, we get in the main storyline. Um, and I mean, it starts off amazing. Um, 
you know, regress into the moon awake, just such a good flow. The whole album flows really well. Um, the biggest standout track for me is the March. Um, it's cool. Like some of the callbacks to some of the other music and, uh, just overall an amazing record might be my favorite deer hunter record. Yeah. I think the March is probably my favorite, my favorite song by the deer hunter. So like, you know, just that track alone, I think is, you know, heavy enough to kind of have it win out over the other ones, but it was definitely a tough decision for sure. But the March is so good. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the new sort of direction for the deer hunter is very interesting. Uh, it's kind of funky and whatever. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. And I've seen some people, uh, we talked about, uh, on what I think maybe our last one, one of our, what the heck was the last general transmission that we did. Um, what, what was the, anyways, we <laughs> talked on a previous episode, about how the end of the sleep token song the summoning had that like funky groove towards the end and we went down like that caused us to go down a rabbit hole of us just trying to find something that sounded like that um one of the things that was suggested in some of the like threads that we found of people also similarly looking for the (laughs) like answers to this um like comps to this was the new uh deer hunter record yeah. Um, and I can kind of see that cause it is very funk forward. Um, <laughs> but, um, for me, it's one of those things where I appreciate it. I like the sound. Um, and like, but it's like one of those things where I listen to it once. I appreciate it for what it is, but it doesn't have a whole lot of replay value for me. That deer hunter record. Yeah. Um, it definitely doesn't have the replay value that act five does. So I almost look at act five as like, and hopefully this doesn't hold true. And I know some deer hunter fans will be like, that's blasphemy. But I almost look at act five as like the last deer hunter record for their, like that's true to what their original sound was. Um, because, uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about how and I, I like what they're doing. And I think it's, you know, it takes a lot of talent and it's, you know, the con like from a compositional standpoint, like, you know, they, they're writing really, really cool, intricate, layered difficult incredibly musically inclined songs so like i like it for that but for me personally i was more partial to their original sound and especially the sounds on act four and five um three four and five even because like the tank and yeah uh, like you know songs off that um in cod of venom how the hell that's pronounced i really like that song um so yeah, I'm I'm kind of I look at that as like the departure of the original sound to like this new venture. Uh so like I kind of hold that in higher regard maybe because of that as well. Uh but yeah, great record. Uh another good year for music, but we're going to move on to 2017 which was not that difficult for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, not not terribly difficult, I guess, but we put we put two in the honorable mentions. Uh probably the biggest standout in the honorable mentions is Clairvoyant uh from the contortionist. Uh there was no way we were going to put three contor uh, not no way, but I mean <laughs> uh Clairvoyant Clairvoyant was good. Godspeed's an amazing song. Um the title track is also a great song. I mean, there's a lot of good songs on yeah. that record. But it is, it's not, you know, I think Exoplanet's better. I think language is better. So, uh, and we also had Melina from Leprous on this. Uh, very consistent record. If you've ever, I don't know, you know, have you listened to that record? Melina? Uh, I don't think so, actually. So it's for me back when, uh, I think 2017 was like the first year that I started doing my personal like album of the year list. Um, for me, almost every song was like in the same vein, like, like seven out of 10 ish, like good has replay value, but not like there was no major standout track on that record. Um, but my album of the year that year and an album that I know you enjoy as well. And the album that we're going to sort of spotlight for 2017 was in contact by Caligula's horse. Um, if you've never heard of Caligula's horse, I don't know if we've talked about them much 
Um, we've probably mentioned them here and there. I've definitely had a couple of their songs on like jams of the week here and there, but um, band from Australia, uh, very much in that like progressive metal vein, similar to a, a Haken. Um, I would actually say that's probably the biggest comp that I could give them is Haken. Yeah, I would say so too. Um, but uh, in contact, you get your like shreddy stuff going like right from the beginning. There's a song called dream the dead. That's one of my favorite progressive metal songs yeah, of all good. time. It's amazing. Um, you get it's clean vocals. They don't do harsh vocals, at least none that I've run into. Um, but just, you know, you get the heavy stuff, you get the shreddy stuff, you get some of the, like the, the more calm sort of interlude stuff. Um, Great. you even get some of the chuggy stuff, like the cannon's mouth, kind of like the genty sound that they sort of bring into the record. Um, so it's a, it's a nice mix of like all of the things that we personally like, um, from a band that I feel like doesn't get enough recognition. Like, you know, if they didn't, if they didn't have as many monthly listeners and stuff like that, this might be a band that we put on hidden gems. Um, but yeah, the, the album that they had rise radiant that came out in 2020 was really good. I love the tempest. That's probably the tempest is probably my favorite song by them, but, um, in contact is a solid album though. It's not better than Dream the Dead. Nothing <laughs> nothing on that record's better than Dream the Dead, but but that's my personal opinion. Um, <laughs> but that yeah, um Rise Radiant was very good. Um I was concerned that they wouldn't like with how good In Contact was, I didn't think that Rise Radiant stood a chance and when it did come out it actually was better than I was expecting, so it did exceed my expectations. I think it probably made my top 10 the year that it came out. Um, but yeah, something about in contact, definitely check that record out if you've not and check out rise radiant too. Um, but 2017 in contact by Caligula's horse, um, 2018, this was kind of a tough one. Um, yeah, this one has a little more competition than the, the previous year for sure. Yeah. So basically I lean towards the record that I put as my album of the year that year. But I also knew that I'm biased in a way because, uh, Coheed and Cambria released a record in 2018. And usually when that happens, <laughs> that's like my album of the year. And it was my album of the year in 2018, but I recognize that automata from BT bam also came out that year. And I also recognize that that was the year that I discovered Delta sleep. And Delta Sleep so released a record called Ghost City, which is that when it dropped, that's when I discovered Delta Sleep. Um, and that record's incredible as well. So it is tough to sort of, you know, looking back at it, it was tough to say, OK, well, which one of these should win out? Um, but I think ultimately we both kind of agreed that Unheavenly Creatures, Vaxis One, uh, Coed and Cambria made the most sense here. Um, yeah, it, it was tough because Delta Sleep, I mean, I only recently discovered them through you. Um, so I, you know, didn't have the, you know, the, the pleasure of discovering it in 2018. But um, just like the tracks like Sultans of Ping and Sans Soleil. And El Pastor. El Pastor. Great yeah, song. After Image. Oh, yeah. They're all just great song so like yeah that's that's that, a tough that, one but. that whole record is incredible and i'll say this again i've said this i've said this many times um most recently i think i said it in our sort of like battle royale episode where a delta sleep record was pitted against a coheed record and we chose the delta sleep record um if you're a coheed and cambria fan and you've not listened to delta sleep yet i feel like you need to go do that i feel like I just discovered your new favorite, like one of your new favorite bands. Um, I feel very strongly about that being a Coheed fan and loving Delta sleep. Um, so definitely go check them out. I would recommend ghost city or spring Island. Both of those records are incredible. Um, twin galaxies is good too. Everything that they have is great. Yeah. So while you're over there, just keep listening and <laughs> just you check out their whole discography. Anymore. But on heavenly creatures, Vaxis one, um, that's what ended up winning out. Um, the gutter and dark sentencer, like those two songs are in my opinion, top 20 coheed songs, which given how vast their discography is, uh, that's saying something. Um, 
and just because of that alone, I just feel like it's, it's difficult to put really anything ahead of them. Um, there are a couple standout tracks on the automata double record. Um, obviously ghost city, I hold in high regard, but you know, saying that there's two tracks on a coheed record released in the last five years that still somehow hold a candle to those original three records. Uh, that's, that's a, that's saying enough to, to basically have this be the standout record in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I just also like love protocol and old flames. Yeah. Love protocol. I mean, that's a song that I feel like I, I always lean towards like the heavier proggier stuff, but like love protocol is, is a great song. Um, the chorus and that gets stuck in my head sometimes. Uh, and yeah, so that's definitely worth mentioning. So that's yeah. Great, great record overall. And yeah, I kind of forget how good this album is. And then I yeah. go back and like, look at the track list and I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Coheed purists might look at that and just be, you know, hear what we're saying and just be like, Oh, it's not on the original three records. So it can't be that good. But, um, honestly, I feel like this record was underrated in the Coheed community because I feel like it does. This was almost like they wrote this record to appease Coheed fans. Like that's how I felt about this record. There was something for everybody. You know, there were songs that reminded me of like the first three records or even like the willing weld style from good Apollo. There were poppier songs that, you know, would fit sort of the, you know, the pop heed, so to speak fans. So like Vax's two to me was a song that they or a record that they wrote to appease, you know, themselves and what they wanted to do. Like that was the biggest sort of divergence from, from the Coheed sound in a way. So it was almost like Vaxis one album catered to Coheed fans, even though a lot of them still hated it. Vaxis two, we're going to test you guys kind of thing. So yeah, I, I hold this record in high regard. Um, it's obviously even, you know, even though I say all oh, Coheed purists or whatever, I, in a way still say, you know, those first, those first three records are kind of untouchable, but this was, this was close. This was good. Yeah. It was a solid one. I, I think like as much as I love BT Bam, like Automata just doesn't really hold the candle to either the Delta sleep or the, the Coheed record for this year, in my opinion. So it was kind of, for me, it was in between the, the Delta sleep versus Coheed, which I know we had that same uh, matchup when we did the uh, battle Royale thing. So it's funny that here it is again. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. I mean, Automata had some good stuff. Uh, you know, proverbial bellow and voice of trespass are probably the biggest highlights on that double record. And if honestly, like we could just say Automata two and like, like, I feel like I would put it higher um, because I think that was the better of the two. Um, but yeah, that still doesn't hold a candle. So um, yeah, Vaxus one unheavenly creatures, 2018. That's, that's the record. Um, 2019, another difficult one. And maybe one that, that looking at the list, I'm just like, I don't know if I, I don't know how strongly I feel about the record we chose. <laughs> um, 2019, the album of the year for me, whenever I like did this, uh, was say la vie by novelists. Um, and I still hold that record in very high regard. Um, but that did not win out for us here, uh, after having a discussion, um, Astronoid also released a self-titled record, which I think is their best work. Um, also didn't make the cut. Um, pitfalls by Leprous, maybe sort of the lowest on the totem pole of the ones that we put in the honorable mentions. Still a great record. Didn't make the cut. <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is a competitive year. This was probably the hardest one for me to to decide. Yeah, uh, Periphery P four uh, was released this year. That year, I know. Uh, I know this uh, P four didn't hit quite as high for you on like the list of uh, Periphery albums, but it's uh, it's up there for me. I I'd still say P two is probably my favorite, but then P four is probably a close second. Although P five is definitely uh, gaining, so yeah. that might that might switch. Yeah, but it did not make the cut. No, Periphery four did not make the cut. What end? What we ended up choosing, and there's this will probably be controversial, especially <laughs> with the ones that we just listed off. Um, 
probably not as many people hold nov- that novelist record in as high regard as I do. I just, for some reason, really click with that record. I really like it. But um, Sundowning by Sleep Token. Um, this is kind of the record that put Sleep Token kind of on the map. They had some singles and stuff that I feel like kind of like Jaws was a single that came out before Sundowning that was sort of a song that was getting a lot of plays on some playlists and whatever. But I feel like this record um, was what started the uh, the craze that is Sleep Token. Uh, so Sleep Token Sundowning was the record we chose for 2019. Yeah. Um, it was it was really tough, and we this was one I think we probably spent the most time, like, kind of yeah, back and forth on. Yeah, we were going back and forth a bit. I mean, I I still really really hold that novelist record in high regard, but the way that this Sleep Token record sort of flows, um, this night does not belong to God or whatever that song is. Yeah, um, just beautiful way to open a record and then right into the offering, which is one of probably the most popular sleep token songs period. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of my favorite of theirs. Uh, I mean, they've got so many good ones, but that song is just so, so catchy. Yeah. And even like songs like uh, blood sport, like the way the record closes, that's a great song. Hire is a good song. Levitate. Uh, Levitate's a good song. Um, so just from a consistency standpoint and just sort of, how this was the record that sort of put Sleep Token on the map, in my opinion. I don't think they were nearly as big. I mean, uh, but I mean, This Place Will Become Your Tomb, whenever that record dropped, I feel like was what sort of solidified Sleep Token as being a player in progressive music. Um, But I do think Sundowning was what gave them their start into the sort of the spotlight with the song The Offering. I think that was sort of the big one that took off. Um, and it was what, I mean, Jaws was in a lot of my playlists, that single, which came out before Sundowning came out, but, uh, that's a good track too. I wish they would have like thrown it on the the album. I don't know why they didn't. Yeah. But that, but that was like it for me with Sleep Token. That was the only song I was listening to by them. So this was also the record that sort of put Sleep Token on my radar in a higher capacity. Yeah. Uh, which is another reason why I consider it sort of the most standout from 2019 for me personally. Yeah, I don't. I didn't actually listen to this album in 2019, but this was the album that I discovered them with. Um, it like just popped up. I think as like a recommended thing for me on Spotify, and it just like caught my eye, and so started listening. And I'm like, holy cow, what is this? Yeah. I followed them back when jaw, like whenever I was listening to jaws. So before this record, so because I was following them, like release radar, like put the offering in there and I was like, Oh, yeah. this is really good. So then I actually, that's how I went and listened to the whole record. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I'm fine with it. I'm happy with the decision. I, I do. <laughs> you don't regret if, if you've not listened to say La Vie by novelist though, definitely go check that record out. It's really good. It's the last one with their, uh, I don't know if he's their technically their original singer, but, um, the singer that's on that record is no longer with the band. He's with a band called Salem now, which is also a good band. Um, so check them out. It's a three instead of an E. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna ask. <laughs> I thought there was some weird character yeah, in it. Yeah, so S A L three M, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty content with this list. That that kind of concludes the list there. I mean, to to run back down. So we had Exoplanet by the Contortionist, uh, Digital Veil by Human Abstract, uh, Parallax Two between the Barrier to Me, Altered State by Tesseract, Language by the Contortionist, the only one to to repeat here. Um, <laughs> Quiet World by Native Construct, Act 5 by The Deer Hunter, In Contact by Caligula's Horse, uh, Vaxis 1 on Heavenly Creatures by Coed and Cambria, and then Sundowning by Sleep Token. All great records. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with us. I'm sure there's probably some bands that we didn't even think about adding to this or records we didn't even think about adding to this. Definitely uh, send us a message, slap, slap those... Uh, records into the comments underneath the thumbnail for this episode on social media. Um, you know, we'd be, we'd love to know what we missed. Uh, and I think it's going to be fun to do this for the two thousands, like 2000 to 2009. I feel like that's going to be so hard because I'm just thinking in my head, like good Apollo, 
um, Messengers by August Burns Red. Yeah, I feel like our list is going to be by and large a bunch of metalcore bands. Probably. That's. I mean, that's what we were listening to back yeah. then. It was a lot of metalcore. I mean, early two thousands. Is that enough to even throw in like Hybrid Theory or Meteora? Probably. Pretty close. Probably. I yeah. don't know. Um, but that would be. I mean, those were huge records. Lincoln Park records early on. Um, throw in another August Burns Red, but Constellations. Uh, colors between the bear to me um i think 2009 was great misdirect by between the bear to me there's gonna be some I, there's gonna be some tough years yeah that that's pro- that's the one that i think like, that selection will be much harder because it'll to... be constellations i think was also 2009 so it'll be like yeah wow that's gonna be fun <laughs> um and those that's just we haven't we haven't started research on this at all these are just we're just throwing these out there um but uh, I think all the all the first three Coheed records are in the mix. <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah, they would be. That's going to be a fun one. So I think we'll do that next. Um, not the next episode, but the next version of this. We'll do yeah. that next, the 2000s. We might even go older. That might be fun. I mean, do like... Yeah, pick stuff like that are like you know, our parents would listen to. Yeah, the 90s. I mean, I've been jamming a lot of 80s tunes lately too. So, I mean, we can even jump into jump into that go as far back as the 80s it doesn't have to necessarily the 90s be ones just, just gonna be a bunch of boy bands s- no just <laughs> grunge man the grunge era yeah that'll actually be fun we maybe we'll get uh because my wife steph is a big 90s music fan we might ha- i might have to consult with her for that one but um yeah hopefully you guys like this uh this type of episode here this is kind of just a new thought that we had and we just like to do like random shit like this yeah, make we, make lists and it's just kind of fun <laughs> yeah we were actually uh like brainstorming another episode and then uh and then this idea just yeah this was like, on a Let's whim go with this yeah completely on a whim because we were like oh we were taking notes for something completely different and then we're like you know what we're doing this instead and we just it was fun it was yeah it's just cool to look back at stuff that you know that we've listened to and uh, try to come up with any type of definitive lists, pitting things against each other and stuff. It's always fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun having the like the discussion about it and like kind of uh, the the banter back and forth and trying to like jokingly argue our case for <laughs> a, a particular album or band or whatever. For sure. But um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Um, again, let us know in the comments on any of the posts related to this episode what we missed. Uh, you know, if we got one wrong or if you fully support this list because it's just so perfect um it's fine it's fine to let us know that as well but uh yeah thank you guys so much for listening uh keep an eye out we got a lot of episodes on deck and uh yeah thanks again guys thanks